This is the punt return with Woot and Y. And it's all proudly brought to you by Reading the Play. The place to go for the winning edge. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the punt return. I'm Joshua. I'm brought to you by readingtheplay.com. And joining me from readingtheplay.com is Mr. NFL after successfully uh, tipping the Vikings minus 10.5 last week on the podcast. Hopefully you guys doubled down um, as I picked them as well in one of my five plays. I had a neutral week. Uh, I went 2-2-1, two, two and one, so I'm 29-19-3 on the season. Uh, Woot, before he uh, has taken a sabbatical, 21-14 uh, and 14 on the season, so... Uh, still very successful year punting, and we get to the business end of the season. Mr. NFL, how are you? Yeah, very well. Uh, season's greetings, uh, Josh, and to the listeners. Um, yeah, it's uh, getting into the crunch end of the season. A couple of rounds to go, a couple of weeks to go, and um, we'll know who's uh, moving forward to the playoffs. Yeah, it's very tough these last couple of weeks, um, as we were just talking off air. A lot of these games, are, a lot of them are meaningless, um, but... Still, a lot of these teams in the playoffs still have seedings and things to fight for. So it makes it a little bit tricky in some games. But I always try to look at these games from a strategy point of view and say, all right, what what's the outcome if this team wins? What's the outcome if this team loses? And I try to pick games where I know a team is at least going to be giving 110%. Um, and that's where well, things come into play. You've pretty much nailed down what I've been doing over the last couple of days when I've put together our plays for reading the play. And, um, you know, all four plays that I've come up with this week, um, all teams are motivated and, and have a lot to play for and a lot on the line. And you've really got to knuckle down and look at that and, and make sure they've, they've definitely got motivation and, uh, you know, that it means something for them to win. You know, those games that involve teams that uh, have nothing to play for, they're, they're, they're a pass in my eyes. So really pick the eyes out of it and, you know, we've come up with some good plays this week. Yep. And guys, check out readingtheplay.com for all of those plays and various subscription packages. Um, in saying that, though, that I've got a play this week where it's two teams that are completely meaningless, but I just think the line is a little bit too high when you have these two meaningless teams. I think there can be some value sometimes in the underdog in these fixtures, um, but that's... You know, we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the show. Let's get into your play this week here in week 16. You are 8, 6, and 1 on the season on the podcast. Um, a lot chunkier numbers with the reading the play subscriptions with with more more plays and more value for the punters. But what have you got for us in week 16? Well, I've really given the cream of the crop to uh, your listeners. Um, you know, I'll pick the eyes out of it. And, and the Ravens, you know, the Ravens this week for me, um, it's a big uh, line and they're giving up 13 and a half. But I, I think um, they really meet the Colts side that, um, you know, I, I think they can pick apart and really do a number on. Um, you know, I, I just think you know, when you compare the two teams, you know, in all departments of the game and DVOA ratings that we've talked about all season, and you know, it, it's 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 an incredible mismatch here. The Ravens are, are fourth, uh, and the Colts are thirty-first ratings in DVOA, and uh, across all three key areas—offense, defense, and the special teams—it's just you know, is a very wide gulf between the two teams. Definitely. And when you when you break it down further on, on you know, offensive and defensive, rushing and passing yardage uh, metrics and things like that, you know, it, it doesn't look good for the Colts. And, you know, the Ravens are at home. Um, they've got a lot to play for. They're battling out for the wild card berth. And um, their, their last four or five weeks have been excellent. They, they've won four out of five and only lost the Steelers by a point. And, you know, I just... 
see a very motivated team against a team not so. And, um, yeah, I, I think they cover that line, um, and I think it'd be pretty convincing. Yep, and the Colts have put a couple more on IR this week as they shut down for the season, where the Ravens are still on the outside uh, looking in at the playoffs. Uh, so a lot on the line for them, and, and I definitely agree with with that. I think the Ravens should win and uh, comfortably. have to mention as well, last week was the third time since the 1970 merger where every single favourite won last week. They didn't cover, but uh, they all won. Um, so that's interesting to note um, if you're a punter just backing favourites that would have paid dividends for you. If you multi every favourite, you would have uh, been rolling in it. But uh, that's interesting to note. I do agree with, with the Ravens. I think they uh, they win. I have a play in that game coming up um, that will be consistent with your, your tip as well. And um, I think it's a safe play. I know the, the 13.5 is scary. Uh, we, we got scorn last week. I tipped New Orleans against Bryce Petty. I hate tipping that double-digit line, but I just think that the gap is too big between these these two teams. Yeah, look, you got to tread warily coming out of the last part of the season. You know, and like I said, motivated teams, non-motivated teams, and and double-digit uh, uh, favourites uh, giving up those double-digit numbers. You know, you you got to be careful. But I think even more so toward the end of the season, you get a lot of teams just but you know clocking off for the season and, and thinking about their uh, end-of-season trips and things like that. So, you know, I just really tread warily and pick the right teams, and I think we have this week. I, I, I don't have a doubt, and I, I think it's a great play. Yep, definitely agree with you there on the Ravens, minus 13.5. And a reminder uh, to the guys uh, punning on this, this game is actually on a Sunday in Australia. We get uh, two more Sunday fixtures, so some NFL football on a Sunday. It's great to uh, great to have that in our lives in the last couple of weeks and into the playoffs. Uh, before I let you go, Mr. NFL, uh, what can you tell us about reading the play at the moment? I know the Big Bash has just launched as well, and you guys are tipping up a storm in that. Yeah, look, um, there's like 40-odd games over the, the course of 48 days, I think, 45 games, 48 days, and I think the guys will have a, have a play in most of them. Yeah, they, they really knuckle down and, and really break down the games beautifully. And, yeah, the BBL's a, a great money spinner for um, the, the, the listeners and, and the subscribers that read in the play. And, yeah, I, I think you guys should, you know, encourage your guys to come across and have a look at the, the big bash. And, you know, there, there's some great subs there and you can mix and match through the A-League and uh, horse racing subs. And, you know, it, it's an excellent... Uh, thing for the summer while we're on the off-season with uh, the NRLs and the AFLs and things like that. And, you know, we've got a little bit of NFL to go. So, um, yeah, come across, have a look. There's plenty of great options uh, for the entire admirer of uh, Wooten Wide listeners there, mate. Perfect, mate. Uh, good luck in Week 16. Have a have a great Christmas, and uh, we'll, we'll speak next week, um, looking at the last week of the season before we roll into a revised show format uh, for the NFL playoffs. Sounds very good, mate. I look forward to the rest of the players that you come up with and, um, you know, I wish uh, all the listeners and yourself and, and uh, Mr. Woot um, all the best for Christmas and um, we'll pick it up next week and move forward to the end of the NFL season and, and into the playoffs where we can really sort of, you know, break these games down and then find some great analysis and some good winners. Definitely. All right, getting into my five plays for week 16. A reminder, I went 2-2-1 two, two, and one last week in week 15. So 14 and 15 haven't been too kind to me after a really great stretch through weeks 11 and 13. 
kind of been a bit of a streaky player uh, this year in terms of my plays on this show. Uh, it's kind of an all-or-nothing type season, the great NFL films. Uh, Shannon Furman, friend of the show. Um, hopefully we can get her back in the studio in the off-season and talk about NFL films. But anyway, I digress. Week 16 plays. I mentioned that I had a play similar uh, that was consistent with uh, Mr. NFL's Ravens minus 13.5 versus Indianapolis. I'm taking the over 41 in the Indianapolis and Baltimore game. And all the trends point to an underplay. Um, we know the under has prevailed in 10 of the last 11 meetings between these two teams, but Baltimore haven't faced Indy in more than three years. So you've got to really throw out that number. Um, and the number's really low because of Baltimore's abhorrent offense for most of the season, but um, their their offense over the last three weeks is actually, you know, quite good. Uh, it's gone from atrocious to, to quite robust. So the Ravens alone have reached 40 points scored in two of their past seven games, and they hit 38 in another um, and their ground game, ground game has found a groove in the form of Alex Collins, the Irish dancing superstar uh, there. So I, I do think that this number should be probably two or three points higher, just given Baltimore's recent form. I know the Colts uh, have not been scoring a lot at all, but I do think Baltimore will take a fair chunk of this total um, and, and will score in the 30s themselves. And I think you could pencil in the Colts for, for a touchdown or 10 points. Jacoby Brissett is sneaky enough to to produce a couple of scoring drives. As good as this Baltimore defense is, um, I definitely think that this total will, will go over. So Flacco, you know, he, he's been better. The offense has been better. It's not just all Alex Collin. Uh, the last couple of weeks, he's he's starting to play better. The O-line's overcome their injuries and started to get into a little bit of a groove as well. And um, a lot of that is just getting used to the, playing next to guys that you haven't previously played with and, and getting in, in that consistency. So the game has the Ravens' number 8 ranked offense. So after all of that, they're actually ranked 8 in offense at 24.64 points per game against the Indianapolis Colts defense that ranks 31st in allowing 26.29 points per game. So it's a really big difference in the matchup there. So I'm expecting plenty of points from the Baltimore Ravens. And then defensively, the Colts, they're number 27 in terms of uh, run defense on the road, they allowed 128.57 yards per game. And the Ravens, they rank 11th in rushing offense at home. So I do think that this game will have some points in the form of Baltimore. Um, it's worth noting as well that the total's gone over in Indianapolis' last 15 games on the road. And the total's gone over in seven of Baltimore's last 10 games as well. So throwing out the uh, 10 of 11 between these two teams, because it's just been more than three years. It's just too long between drinks to, to really consider that stat. So I'm going over 41, Indianapolis at Baltimore. My next play, I'm going Detroit, minus four and a half against Cincinnati. They're on the road at Cincinnati. The last two weeks, Cincinnati have been one of the worst teams in the entire NFL. They've just complete free fall in regards to Tom Petty, rest in peace, but free falling. They've been outscored 67 points to 14 in the past two weeks. And on the other side of the coin, the Lions, they're fighting for their playoff lives. If they keep winning here, there's still a chance to sneak in in this crazy NFC playoff race with the NFC South teams playing each other. There's a chance that, you know, they could sneak in here as a, as a six seed in the playoffs. Um, so I, I really like a team. I know they're on the road, but Cincinnati are just in a complete shambles right now. They're banged up on offense. Um, although Joe Mixon may be back in this game and can really uh, sort of control the clock and, and help them establish a ground game. But 
Detroit, they rank 13th in DVOA, and the, and the Bengals rank 26, and you're getting less than a touchdown, less than five points um, between these. I know they're on the road, but that's double Detroit is Cincinnati's DVOA. So it's a huge discrepancy there for such a small total. Um, the only thing that concerns me is the Lions. They're 0-5 straight up and 1-4 and against the spread in their last five meetings. Um, against uh, the Bengals, so they're going to have to, uh, you know, shrug off history here to keep their playoff hopes alive. But I really like the spot of a team with the playoff lives against a team that's uh, not really playing for much. The only time I'll, I'll really consider a, a team playing for nothing is a, a division team um, looking to play spoiler. A, a lot of division teams love to do that, and that's why I've avoided the plus ten in the Carolina Tampa Bay game. As good as the Panthers have looked, I'm just going to avoid that double digit line. My next play is the Rams minus six and a half at Tennessee. I just love betting against Tennessee right now. I know it was only a push last week, but it's just too easy to bet against this team. They're not they're not a good team. They're a bad team. There's a DVOA gap of nine spots and you're getting under a touchdown. If the Rams were playing at home, this number would be closer to ten. So I'm I'm happy to get under the touchdown here for the Rams, who are just flying at the moment. Um if you're into DVOA, I mention it a lot, but this is a crazy, crazy stat that was released this week by Aaron Schatz, the the uh, the godfather of football outsiders. So if you're looking at the Rams, um, yeah, they're the most improved team in DVO history um, as opposed from last year to this year. So 66.66% difference. That's almost 10% higher than the next best team um, that improved in DVOA history. So that's... Kind of crazy to consider what McVeigh has done. So the Rams are actually one and four against the spread in their last five games against Tennessee, but that's the Jeff Fisher era. So you got to throw that out the window. This is this is McVeigh's Rams. This is the McVeigh Rams that have a Super Bowl look, good defense, elite offense. They can beat you in so many ways. They're good on special teams as well. They average thirty-one point three points per game. They've actually been more effective on offense the past couple of weeks. So during nine weeks, they've covered seven times. Meanwhile, the Titans are falling fast. They're not covering at all. Two weeks ago, the Titans were 8-4 and four and comfortably in the ASC playoff race, but they've proceeded to lose to Arizona and San Francisco in back-to-back games. The NFC West has not been kind to the Titans, and I look for that to continue. I think the Rams should beat them comfortably. They went into Seattle and, and pumped Seattle. I can see them doing it very easily, and they still have a lot to play for. Um, a playoff buy is still on the line with Carson Wentz injury leaving the door slightly open for them. Um, a win and, and a potential Eagles loss on the road. Um, you could see you could see the Rams getting a playoff buy. Um, sorry, the, the Eagles aren't on the road; they're at home to Oakland. But you just don't know with this with with Nick Foles under center um, as good as he was last week. You just never know. So the Rams definitely got a chance here to to win to win this game comfortably and, and clinch a playoff bye with that with with that victory. So I'm going to take the Rams minus 6.5 at Tennessee. DVOA gap of 19 spots, and you're talking about two playoff teams and there's a 19-gap difference in DVOA. That's insane. All right, my next play is Dallas minus 5 versus Seattle. So this is a game, this is a loser-goes-home game. This is essentially a playoff game here in Week 16. The loser is out of contention, kicked out. No chance of making the playoffs. Two playoff teams from last year. One will will not make the playoffs again. Both potentially may not make the playoffs. So they have to rely on other results. But a win here, you know, definitely helps them um, 
get closer and closer to potentially making the playoffs. But all the situational factors here favor the Cowboys. Um, you know, both are facing the same stakes, but Zeke and Sean Lee. Here's, here's two reasons why I'm taking the, the Cowboys minus five against Seattle. So Zeke might be the most dynamic playmaker in the NFL. The Cowboys averaged 28 points per game before his absence, and he could be the difference against a depleted Seahawks team that mustered just 149 yards of total offense in a 42-7 to loss against the Rams last week. Zeke's facing a banged-up Seahawks defense on Sunday that was gashed and slashed by Todd Gurley. MVP-like performance to the tune of 400 total rushing yards. Uh, that's in the last two weeks, sorry. Not just Gurley, but in the last two weeks, um, the Seahawks have led in 400 total rushing yards, most of that by Todd Gurley uh, with the MVP-like performance. And then you also have Seattle. They're the number six-rated Road run defense, but that's factored in a lot of early on where they had healthy players and were a much better defense, but allowing 100 yards per game. But the Cowboys, they rank fifth in rushing offense at home. I think Zeke, who's lean, he looks very fit, very thin, um, worked out in Carbo, very motivated after the suspension, very angry. I think he's going to run angry, keep the ball in, in Dallas's hands, chew up the clock, and just chip away at the Seahawks, just first down after first down. I think he runs for 150, possibly close to 200 yards. I think he has a monster game, and I think he's going to be responsible for a lot of their points on offense. And then on defense, it's Sean Lee. He's healthy. Uh, I think Greg Rosenthal said this a few weeks ago, or it might have been longer, on, on the Around the NFL podcast, and I couldn't agree more with him. Like, It's hard to argue that any defensive player is more important to a team's success than than this guy. It's crazy the numbers and the splits with and without Sean Lee. So the Cowboys are seven and two straight up and six two and one against the spread in their last nine games that Sean Lee has played from start to finish in their lineup. Um, that's pretty crazy. Um, he's just such a difference maker for them, such an underrated linebacker. Um, he's a guy that I think can can really help with the read option with Russell Wilson, shut down their running game, make Seattle a one dimensional team. The Seahawks are two and seven against the spread in their last nine games against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are five and zero straight up and four zero one against the spread in their last five games as favourites. So the Cowboys have had Seattle's number the last few years, even despite Seattle's dominance over the, this last sort of half a decade in, in where they went to two Super Bowls and and have made the playoffs in every Russell Wilson season. So in saying that, this will come to an end and Dallas will win. I'll take Dallas minus five versus Seattle here. I like the play. Um, and I like Zeke to have a big game as well. My last play is a game that has zero impact on anything except the draft order. If the Giants win and the Colts lose as expected, then the Colts will slip ahead of them and, and finish uh, in the number two pick potentially, but at least in heading into week 17 as the number two pick. But that's the only real impact it has on this game. Arizona are out of playoff contention. The Giants are well and truly out of playoff contention. I don't know why the Giants are getting over a field goal here on the road against Arizona after the way they played last week and after the way Arizona played last week. So I'm taking the Giants plus four against Arizona. The Giants, they kind of found some life um, after getting rid of Ben McAdoo. Um, and it's, you know, it's been it's been good since they replaced McAdoo and, and gave Eli the job back. He's been decent the last two weeks. Arizona's banged up, out of the playoff mix, so... They're not going to be motivated at all, whereas the Giants, I think, just a little bit more motivated, trying to prove a point here that, yeah, it was McAdoo that was the problem. Eli and Spagnolo and this team still has some life and some hope, and there's still some players playing for spots, and, and these young receivers, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, have been filling in 
in a big spot for them, um, especially Sterling Shepard. Huge, huge exclamation mark from him last week in that performance against a really strong Eagles defense. So the Giants, you know, they showed something they hadn't showed in some time. Offensive creativity. They were able to mix in the short, quick passing game with the power run game in in with Gorman and Orleans Darkwa, and that kind of helped calm the pressure and the and the uh, the blitzing that the Eagles offered. And they're going to face a very similar defense in Arizona this week. So I think they can have a similar game plan here. So the Giants, they're 4-2 and two in their last six road games against the spread. The Giants are also 14-7 and seven straight up in their last 21 games when playing Arizona. The Giants are also 4-2 and two against the spread in their last six games when playing on the road against Arizona. And Eli Manning has had some success in that stadium. It's worth noting it's going to be a trope. And a cliche that's going to be thrown out a lot in this game about how Eli's success at that stadium. And Arizona, they've averaged just uh, 14.33 points per game during its current 1-2 and straight-up run in the last three weeks. While New York Giants have actually churned out their highest point production of the season in last week's loss to the Eagles. And they've actually s- surrendered, though, 27 points per game during their current 0-4 and straight-up run um, and produced just 16 points per game in their three straight road losses. So it's not great, but even in these losses, uh, the Giants are still scoring more points than Arizona. And I just think over a field goal in these two these two teams, very similar rated at the moment, very similar in terms of injuries and banged up. Um, Giants a little bit more motivated. Plus four seems like a huge, huge total. Um, so I'm going to take the Giants plus four. All right, uh, underdogs. Well, I'm taking the Giants plus four. I'm going to take them straight up as well. 265 at William Hill here to beat uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals. I like that at 265. I can't really see many of the games that actually mean something where the teams have a lot to play for. I can't tip against them. So I'm going to go with another meaningless game here. I'm not going to go down the Browns route again, as tempted as I was. But I'm going to take the... Denver Broncos at 255 to beat the Washington Redskins. Washington are shutting down the season. They've put a lot of players on IR. They weren't great last week. They failed to finish, as they have a lot in the Kirk Cousins era, failed to finish dry, settling for field goals. Meanwhile, the the Broncos played pretty good. They've had a lot more rest, um, given that they played on Thursday night football. So I I don't mind them at 255 here in a meaningless game. I can very very easily see a scenario where Denver win this game quite comfortably. So I'm going to take these two outsiders in meaningless games just as a specky for a bit of fun in Week 16 in a game that means absolutely nothing has zero impact on the playoff pitcher. In, in regards to our multi with Mr. NFL's leg, um, last week if you did uh, double down and uh, after the Colts tip lost um, and doubled down with the Pats and the Ravens, the New England minus 2.5 and, and, and the Vikings minus 10.5, you would have had a nice little double up there. New England covered in the most luckiest and flukiest of ways, but we'll take it. Um, I, I think, so obviously the Ravens minus 13.5 versus Indianapolis will be your first leg at $1.91. Uh, moving on to our, the next leg, I definitely think Detroit minus four. Yeah, I'd definitely go Detroit minus 4.5 at $1.91 as well. And for the third leg, I'm going to take Dallas minus 5 against Seattle. I just think it's just a good play. I, I really like Zeke. I'm, I'm confident in them, and they're also a dollar ninety-one. So three dollar ninety-one lines there at WilliamHill.com.au gives you just under 
uh, $7, but you can uh, multi-price pump now, so you should be able to get that up over $7 there for the multi in Week 16. We've hit on a few multis this year, which give you a good little return on investment, but as we said, we're 29, 19, and 3. Mr. NFL, 8, 6, and 1, and Woot, um, at, as of Week 13, 21 and 14. So we're doing quite well. We're in the, we're in the green for the season, and we look to hopefully finish that off here in Week 16 and Week 17 and be back for the playoffs. That wraps up the show. Please check out our normal podcast I recorded with RJ Ochoa this week. It was a really great episode. We talked about Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, and all sorts of other, uh, and Gronk's just freakish catch last week, and we uh, pick every single Week 16 game. So please check that out. This has been the Punt Return. Don't forget to check out readingtheplay.com to get the winning edge on all sports and racing. You can also check out all bets mentioned on today's podcast online at wootandwhy.com. And make sure to follow each of the boys on Twitter at thisiswoot and at jynfl. Or you can follow the podcast at wootandwhy. And as always, gamble responsibly. <laughs>